Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, I want to talk to you today about freedom, that we have freedom uh, in Christ. And uh, we have freedom in America, praise God. And, but our freedoms are um, getting shorter and shorter in America. Amen. And we as a church need to stand up and start standing up for what's right and what's true. And um, I believe that the enemy's working against the church in this day. And we know the Bible says this, that the church will get lighter, but the world will get darker. But, e but the, even though the world's getting darker, the church should still be an influence in today's society. Amen? Amen. We're supposed to be the most powerful institution in the world. And God doesn't want the devil pushing us around. Amen. amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. We're supposed to be pushing the devil around. We're supposed to be speaking, and how we do that, we speak the word. So I want to talk to you about worldviews and how we view the world. You could say philosophy. And, um, you know, you may have taken a philosophy class, but everybody has a philosophy or a worldview or, or how they see things. Um, you know, a philosophy or a worldview is a set of values or ideals or beliefs that people stand on. And, uh, you know, it's a viewpoint that determines our response. You know, whatever, we're, what, whatever viewpoint we're standing on or philosophy, uh, it will, will determine our response to what happens to us. And we need to have, you know, I like to say this, we need to have a biblical worldview in how we see things. And unfortunately, I believe the enemy's working against uh, the church. You know, I mean, the church should be standing for truth. All the church and not some of the church standing for some truth and part of the church is, is standing for half truth. No, we need to stand for full truth. Amen. And, uh, you know, we need to stand together. And one person said, one famous person, it may have been Benjamin Franklin, said that, you know, if we don't stand together, we'll hang alone. And so we need to stand together. Amen. In other words, Jesus said this way, a kingdom divided cannot stand. And so we need to stand with what's right and which what's true. And the Bible, it does, no matter what people may say, they may say it's a living document that changes with culture. But the Bible does not change with culture. It's the same as Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No, the Bible, the culture doesn't change the Bible. The Bible changes the culture. Yes, amen. The Word of God should change the way we view things. Amen. And so, you know, the Bible is, is everything that we need. The Word of God is truth. It's not a truth. It's the truth. And so we have to stand on the Word of God. If you have your Bibles this morning, open them to Colossians 2, verse 8. And we need to take a look at this because I believe that the enemy's trying to deceive some of us, some of us Christians. When I have even people that, that I know that they don't belong to this church, I don't minister to them, but I know some Christians that are standing with some of the things that are going on in our nation, standing with same-sex marriage. We as Christians should not be standing with those kind of things because it's not biblical. Amen. And um, and so we need to be standing with what the word of God says. But, you know, the enemy will try to uh, put in things that, you know, into the word and 
uh, try to, I'll, I'll get into it in a little bit, but let's look at this in Colossians, uh, Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. So here the Apostle Paul is talking to the Colossian church, and he's saying, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit, or in, in other words, in their way of looking at things, of their point of view. And, you know, everybody has a opinion. Everybody has a point of view. And so, you know, people have opinions about everything. Uh, you may have an opinion about my shirt today. You may like it, amen, or you may not like it. Doesn't matter. I like it. Amen. And, I, and that's why I wore it today, because it's patriotic. Amen. But, you know, everybody has an opinion. But listen, just because you have an opinion or an idea... Um, if it doesn't line up with what, what the Bible says, if it doesn't line up with what the Word of God says, then you need to throw your opinion out. And so here, what the enemy's trying to do, he's trying to cheat some of us through philosophy and empty deceit, through the traditions of men. You know, a lot of the, some of the church today, they don't believe, and it's, it's unfortunate, they don't believe that Jesus still does miracles today through the church. A lot of the church preaches against miracles and healings. Thank God for doctors, and God has raised up doctors. I'm for doctors, but I'm for Dr. Jesus. Amen? And I'd rather go under his knife than a, a knife of a, of a surgeon, of a good surgeon. And God is still doing miracles today. And where modern science cannot meet your need, Jesus can. But, you know, some people say it doesn't really matter what church you're in. It really matters what church you're in. Because if the church doesn't preach the truth of God's word pertaining to divine healing, you may die of that cancer or you may die of that disease. Or, you know, you don't want an unbelieving pastor preaching or uh, praying for you and praying that, you know, if it be thy will, God heal them. Well, you know, it's God's will for you to be healed. It is God's will to heal you. Jesus healed everybody that, that came to him. He healed them. He delivered them. He set them free. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So Jesus is in the healing business. So, so the enemy will try to get traditions, will try to shut us down with traditions Traditions of men, Jesus said it this way, it's the traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. In other words, it waters down the word of God. And it's easy for us to allow traditions to bring us down. You know, at, you know maybe some, you know, somebody can minister a message and, maybe, and it may sound really good to the flesh, but it may have no biblical precedence at all. And just because somebody is a good orator and, they, and they're able to say some things in an eloquent way and they're able to say it in a certain way and, and, and leave some scriptures out, it can sound very good and it can pull you into a direction of thought that you never thought you'd go there. And we have to make sure that our thought are lined up with the Word of God and that is not lined up with, with political uh, 
correctness. You know, the political correctness really it comes from a political realm that, you know, that the political system wants us to think a certain way. You know, that's the way they did it. That's the way Hitler did it. He, he had a, a political correctness, you know, and, and, he, and uh, you know, his party and the Nazi party. And pretty soon, you know, you know, just slowly, you know, he started taking away the rights of the people in Germany. And, um, and he started taking these rights away just slowly and slowly and slowly until they started killing the, the Jewish people. And, you know, it, it, was, it was just so subtle. And then the people started agreeing with killing Jewish people, treating them like animals. But it started off small. How do you kill a frog? You might ask. <laughs> you ever heard that? How do you kill a frog? Well, you can put them in a blender. No, you, uh, one way of killing a frog is you can put them in a pot of water Turn that water, uh, turn the stove on just, just ever so slightly. And as the water heats up, the frog adjusts, his body adjusts, adjusts to the temperature of the water. And pretty soon the frog doesn't realize it's boiling in the water. He doesn't hop out, he just boils in the water. And that's the way the enemy's working right now. He wants to try to get some of us Christians allowing what's going on in today's society and not say anything or not stand up for what's right. Um, again, if we don't stand for what's right, we'll fall for anything. Amen. And, you know, if we don't start standing and start speaking up. And I think the enemy's trying to shut a lot of us down yeah. and trying to keep us quiet about our faith and the truth. Yeah. And what God wants us to do as Christians. And so we need to make sure that we're speaking up and speaking what the word of God says. Amen. In Genesis 2, uh, verses 16 and 17, you can turn there, you can just listen up. But this is the Lord uh, God, uh, and he's, this is from Genesis, he's speaking uh, here out of Genesis. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So the Lord revealed to Adam that if he ate of the tree of the knowledge of or the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would surely die. And so let's look at how sometimes we can uh, take the word of God and we can, we can at times add to it or take away from it. And look at this in chapter 3 of Genesis. It says here, now the serpent was more cunning. Amen. The serpent was more cunning uh, than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And I want to stop right here. The enemy was there you know, to deceive Eve into eating the fruit. But Eve added to the word, she said, lest you touch it. And, you know, it's not recorded in the scripture. The only place it's recorded where God spoke to Adam and said, if you eat of the tree or the, or the fruit of the, of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil. But, he, but it doesn't, it's not recorded if you touch it. And I think sometimes we can read into the word. We can read into things. And it may not be really saying what it's saying. Amen. Have you ever read a word and, and, and thought it was a different word? 
when reading something and then you had to look back and wasn't the word that you were actually reading. And so uh, we can add to things. And I believe as Eve, as she thought about that and she added to the word, she may have touched a fruit and she realized she didn't die. And that caused her to question God's word. Amen. And it caused her to, to stand with what the enemy was saying. You know, she touched it. She probably be, beheld the fruit and nothing happened. And so she added to the word of God. She, oh, nothing happened. So, so she figured if that wasn't true, then probably eating a fruit that, that God said would cause her to die would not be true either. And so what the enemy's trying to do is get us to eat some forbidden fruit. And even though culture might be saying things are right, political agendas might be saying things are right, if God said it's wrong, then it's wrong. Amen. And we have to stand with truth. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a matter of, of me praying that God will stand with me. Am I standing with God? Am I on God's side? And we need to be on God's side. In the end days, uh, the Bible says even the very elect, you know, if possible, can be deceived. Which means that it's a possibility. Elect is saved folks. It's people that are saved, that are blood-bought, that, that, that believe that Jesus is their Savior. There is a possibility of us being deceived in the last days. And the enemy is doing everything he can to deceive mankind. He's doing everything he can to come against mankind. Now, you know, with this same-sex marriage, some people may say, well, that doesn't affect me. If you're a Christian, you may say, that it affects everything. It affects how they teach in the schools. If you have children, I have children. It, it affects, they, they're, they're going to teach alternate lifestyles in our classrooms. They're going to start teaching all this stuff, trying to make it right when it's not right. Amen? And then what they're trying to do is build this into, you know, it'd be just like when abortion, you know, uh, was legalized. You know, it'd be like them teaching, oh, abortion is okay. You know, in our school system, you know, and, and it's OK to abort children. And we know that that's wrong. And now they're trying to get this philosophy, not only into our school system, but trying to get it into the church where church now whole denominations are embracing an ungodly uh, form uh, of thinking. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? Thank you for that one. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And, you know, it's terrible, especially if you're a school teacher and you're a Christian school teacher to be to, to be forced to teach something that goes against your moral code to to be forced to teach something that's that's totally not not even right. Fifty years ago, it wasn't even it wasn't even talked about. It wasn't even a foothold. Today, it's a stronghold. What was I what do I mean by a stronghold? A stronghold is, is, is a way of thinking. And now, now it's trying to permeate our society. And so we need to make sure that, that we're standing on what the Word of God says. You know, you know, some would say, and I've been studying this, you will have some that will say that they're, they're Christians and homosexual. And, and they're saying it's okay because the Bible teaches it. And it's not, not enough in the Bible to say, that homosexuality is wrong. 
But I, I like to refute that argument this morning for a moment. We'll continue with my message on freedom. But it says here in Mark 10, verses 6 through 9, and Jesus, they were talking about divorce, and Jesus was talking about the original intent of man. And in Mark 10, 6 through 9, it says, but, this is Jesus speaking, but from the beginning of the creation, God made, it, made them male and female. For this reason, men shall, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, not significant other, Not spouse, not significant other. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man, not, let no man, let not man separate. Amen. And so what God puts together. And so God has created, that's original design. You can't take a screwdriver or a screwdriver's designed to screw screws in. It's not designed to hammer with. Amen. Amen. And, and what God has designed, he has designed man and he has designed woe man. Amen. And uh, for us to be, you know, to complement one another. Amen. And for us to procreate and for us to build uh and, you know, I'm going to say this, that, you know, you may not have been thinking about this, but this, this same-sex marriage that's been, it's, it's unconstitutional, what they're doing. Having judges, five judges, control what the whole nation is standing for, which the whole nation is standing for, a marriage between a man and a woman. And five men put in law for 50 states to stand with this. Have mercy on God's mercy be on those souls of those five men. Amen. Amen. And so totally redefined what marriage is. It's a redefinition of marriage. I'm not against uh, these homosexual and call them homosexual ungodly unions, if you want to call it something. That's what I would call it. Or homosexual civil unions. But don't call it marriage because that's marriage is defined in the Bible. Amen. It's defined by what Jesus says right here. And if it was defined any differently, Jesus would have said something different. But he, he said it in here. And so you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that's the word. In Romans 1, 20, uh, verses 26 through 27, let's look at that. And this is the Apostle Paul. I think we need to look at this because there are some Christians that are saying, hey, listen, we need to walk in love. And doesn't the Bible, doesn't the Bible teach that, that we should love everybody? And uh, yes, yes, the Bible does teach that we should love. We should love the sinner but hate the sin. Amen. And so we should love the sinner. Yeah, I'm not against homosexuals, but I am against the sin that will destroy their lives, send them to hell. And destroy the sanctity of, of, of the family, which is marriage between a man and a woman. And it's an attack on family. And family really uh, is, is God's, God is all about family. A church is a family. Amen. And it's an attack on family and manhood. Amen. And so Romans 1, uh, 26, 27, if you're there, just look at that. Praise God. I mean, I could go a little bit further, but it says for this re for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions.
For even their women exchange the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. This is pretty strong words here. And, and, and some people that are claiming to be Christians that are, or homosexual Christians are, are trying to say that the Bible doesn't teach against this kind of lifestyle. But what is Paul saying here? And then a little bit further down, it talks about Paul saying that those who practice these types of lifestyles are deserving of death and also for those that approve of these lifestyles. So if you approve of it, you might as well be with them. When Moses was uh, under attack, you know, with his authority, and there was another group that came up. I don't know if it was Korah or Dathan or who, whoever it was that came up against Moses. They knew God as well. They had, you know, they, they had some, uh, you know, they, they worked with God, worked with Moses, but they thought that they should be in charge. And Moses said, okay, let's draw a line. And everybody that's on their side, go on their side. Everybody that's on Moses' side, go on that and let God be the judge. And the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed them <laughs> down. They dropped. And, everybody, and God stood with Moses. Amen? Listen, uh, I, you know, listen, there is going to be a great divide in the end days. And we're going to have to stand for truth. Or we're gonna, if we don't stand for truth, we'll fall for anything. And we're going to have to stand for what the Word of God says, even if it's uncomfortable. Amen. You know, our, our Christian walk is not always supposed to be comfortable. And it's not going to always, you might get some persecution Amen. for standing up for what's right. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we must stand up for what's right. Yes. Amen. And we must do that. Or if we're not, if we don't do that, then, then who will? If, if not us, who? Amen. And so we need to stand for that. So we see that in 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11, it says it this way, because, you know, we want to look at more scripture pertaining to this. It says that we know that the law is good when used correctly, for the law was not intended for people who do what is right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their fathers or who kills their father and mother or commit other murders. The law is for people who are sexual immoral or who practice homosexuality who are slave traders, liars, promise breakers, and who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God. So we see there's a list here. I'm not, you know, just preaching against homosexuality and same-sex marriage. I'm preaching against all sin that's in here. Amen. It's, it would be, it's, it's the same thing if you're, a, if you're a saved person and you're living with somebody. You're, you're, you're going against what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. You should be married. Amen. Amen. So you're, you're going crosswise in the teachings of the Word of God. And so we have to, we have to look at some of these scriptures. And what, what the problem is, is that, that most Christians don't read their Bible. Amen. Most Christians don't study their Bible. And that's why most Christians are easily deceived. They go with what sounds right. What feels right. If you go with what feels right, you could die an early death. Amen. Amen. 
you know, you know, you have people say, well, I, I feel that this is how I feel. I'm I'm this kind of person because that's how I feel. Amen. Listen, we're not supposed to live by feelings. We're supposed to live by faith. We li- we're supposed to live by principle. And so we, we have to look at this. And I'm going to say this, that if you're in an ungodly lifestyle, no matter if it's homosexual lifestyle or if it's or if you're a whoremonger or. If you're out there doing all the wrong, you know, wrong areas, you can be set free of that. Amen. Jesus came to set us free from these things. Some people say and some people will preach that uh, the advocates of this same sex marriage will say that, that, that homosexuals are born that way. I don't believe that. <laughs> I believe it's a lifestyle. It's a decision that you make that you start engaging in and you start partaking of. And then you start believing that. Amen. And, and listen, uh, let's look at this. It says here, and this is the Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And he's talking to the church and he's talking to, to them about what, what they used to do. What they used to do. It says here, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And notice it says this after this, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So what he was saying was that in the Corinthian church, like all churches, we, and we all have practiced these things. But he said, you, you used to practice those things. But you don't practice those things anymore. You're washed by the blood of Christ. Amen. You're sanctified by the blood of Christ. You're new creations in Christ Jesus. Can I get an Amen. So, so the, there were people that were practicing these things. If homosexuality is supposed to be, you know, in the Bible and, and it's supposed to be something that the Bible, you know, backs up, then why does it say that these people escaped out of those things? It shouldn't have been put in there then. So we have to, we have to look at the scripture. We, you know, one person says, the, you know, I heard one person say the Bible isn't a rule book to follow. What are you talking about? The Bible is a rule book. It's God's rule book. It's God's playbook. We go by what God says in this word. It's not about, you know, somebody may ask me, Pastor, do you think a homosexual will make it to heaven? I'll say, well, what does, it doesn't matter what I think. What does the Bible say? Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now, you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. 
And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.exceedlifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on the, our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.